You're listening to the Unpacking It Live podcast, presented by MetaShare. Each week, Bryce, Luke, and Henry unpack sports, faith, and life with the goal of challenging, encouraging, and inspiring you to follow Jesus and become more like Him. Now, from Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here's your host, Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It Christmas edition of the podcast presented by MetaShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. Today on the show, we will unpack a little bit of sports, a whole lot of Christmas, and of course, as always, we'll talk Jesus and faith and life, and we love doing this with the Unpacking It community of sports fans, and we have enjoyed being with you all year long as we celebrate nine years here at Unpacking It. And so thank you for being a loyal listener of this show. And and if you have been a consistent listener over the years, hopefully you have enjoyed the Christmas special each year as it gives us an opportunity to goof around a little bit, talk Christmas movies, Christmas traditions. Well, we'll today on the show, we're talking Christmas cards. I've got some thoughts. I've got some takes on Christmas cards. And, and so we'll, we'll have some fun with that. And, and we'll see what other Christmas shenanigans we can, uh, we can enjoy today. But as always, we love hearing from you. So let us know what you're convinced of this Christmas. We're going to give you what we're convinced of in regards to some, some Christmas topics. And, and then also this year, it's interesting because there are a lot of games taking place during the Christmas weekend. How do we navigate that? We're sports fans. We love sports. But, of course, we're, we're hopefully family people as well. And, uh, and, of course, prioritizing what's most important this time of year. And, and so uh, making sure that, that church and, and seeking the Lord and enjoying him and celebrating him Make sure that that's number one. So then where do, where, where do sports fit in? Where do other Christmas activities fit in? It's a wild time of year. And so, uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that. But today's Unpack This Topic is all about awareness. Pocket awareness. So quarterbacks have pocket awareness. How does that relate to our own lives and Christmas? We will unpack that in just a little bit. We are brought to you by Sugar Creek Coffee. They've got a passion for coffee, a love for people, and we are so thrilled to be able to partner with them. You can visit SugarCreekCoffee.com and use the promo code UNPACK to save money on your order. So SugarCreekCoffee.com, use the promo code UNPACK. At Sugar Creek Coffee Roasters, they specialize in handcrafted, small-batch, artesian-roasted coffee. And, And so what's awesome is... They will deliver your order to your door and also make sure that they're shipping freshly roasted beans across the United States. And and so excited for you to enjoy Sugar Creek Coffee, sugarcreekcoffee.com. Use the promo code UNPACK. All right, Luke, let's say hello to Luke Keaton. Uh, We love celebrating Christmas this time of year. Oh, look at you. Look (laughs) at you with your nice Christmas sweater. Do we call that a tacky Christmas sweater, ugly Christmas sweater, 
Uh, not too bad, not too shabby, but Merry Christmas to you. How you feeling? Feeling great. Uh, Christmas is fantastic. Now, this sweater, maybe sweater, I mean, it's sleeveless, but it's been in the rotation since early high school. When your so mom it, gave it to you because uh, oh, she, she got tired of wearing it? <laughs> it was a self-purchase at Walmart. <laughs> so uh, this this was one of my first big boy purchases right here. Ah, that's hilarious. I always carried a 20 with me everywhere I went in high school. And this uh, a, a very strategic deposit was made <laughs> to invest in this. And it's a great investment every year. It's the go-to. So, so feels great. Those not watching but listening – it uh, looks like he's got a big. It's like a, it's like a vest. It's like a sweater vest. Oh yeah, uh, which is you know pretty unique, uh, but it's also it's got like a cat or something and a candy cane. So <laughs> there you go. And then for those listening, I am wearing my Christmas or Santa Claus hat, and it's got a big ASU across the front. And I actually got this hat at the national championship game back in '06 or '07 when App State went three straight national championships in the FCS level and I was a student during that time but what made that time of year so awesome and why I'm so excited about the college football playoff is and actually I don't know the timing of how they're going to do it in college for FBS but for the FCS we would go from Thanksgiving until Christmas break and we'd have a football game every weekend mm. and and I would you know finish exams and stay up in Boone and then wait to, 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 to watch my team you know, win in the semifinals and then travel to Chattanooga for the national championship, and then I would go home for the, you know, for the holiday season. And it Gosh. was awesome. It was just such a great way oh, to, uh, to end so the good. semester. So, so good. So, yeah. So, anyway, this is my, my App State championship uh, Santa Claus hat that I get to represent. We, uh, we ended – when, I, when my, my time as a student, we either ended the season after nine wins going to the Gator Bowl – <laughs> or the uh what's the bowl that's uh the belk bowl in charlotte got now blown out in the belk bowl when i was in college that's the duke mayo bowl now oh it is hey i'm a proud owner of duke's mayo like every 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 two weeks i uh i make a new investment great you know, rich I'm not, creamy it's so good i'm not anti-mayo but i'm not a mayo i'm more of a mustard guy i'm, I'm fine with both but i have to have mustard on my sandwiches you would I've never even heard of mustard as a substitute for mayo. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean no. both both is best case scenario. But if I'm if I don't feel like monkeying around with the mayonnaise, <laughs> then I'm gonna go <laughs> just mustard. It's always good. but I love all kinds of mustard: traditional, Dijon, the you know honey mustard, all of it. Yeah, honey mustard is a game changer. There's one other good one: Dijon, like a like a. <laughs> is uh, that like the the French pronunciation? I've everyone in Texas says. Dijon. Dijon, Dijon mustard. You're saying Dijon. Dijon, Dijon mustard. Dijon, yeah. <laughs> There's one other one I can't think of right now. Brown mustard. Brown mustard's good too. Wow. So anyway, I'm all, I'm all in on that. Well, all right, we'll do Christmas. What we're convinced of in a moment, but but let's start. We're gonna get some sports talk out of the way initially, and then then we'll dive really deep into into Christmas. Oh yeah. But but like I said, you know, Saturday games, Sunday games, NFL, NBA. Bowl games, a lot going on. Thursday night football, all of it is is happening yep. right around all the the Christmas hey, festivities. Don't forget about Boxing Day. The Premier League makes a return December twenty sixth. So if you're into that, I got to give my soccer shout. Hey, we have some loyal listeners who appreciate the soccer talk. So Boxing Day, December twenty sixth. After you've had great days on the twenty fourth and twenty fifth, it's not over. You're waking up 
it's the return of the Premier League from the World Cup break. So had to well, had to had to shout out the Premier League. I, I won't be watching that, but that sounds <laughs> nice. So we so we have our options. I will say because it's more of a tradition, keeping an eye on the NBA games in yeah. the afternoon is fun. Now I'm not locked in by any means, but if it's on in the background, if you know my my daughters are are playing with some of their toys and I'm able to at least keep it on in the back, that's fine. But for one, I I, I do not prioritize watching sports during the holidays. Like like I told you about Thanksgiving. I I was there, I was trying to watch the game. It's just not it's just not happening. So I I I just embrace it. I embrace being a dad. I love being a dad and I love the holidays. So <laughs> I'm all in on the you know, the Christmas festivities. We've got a lot of fun traditions, eating cinnamon rolls, opening gifts, seeing my parents, all that kind of thing. And and so if I miss the games, I'll be okay. Now, don't get me wrong. I'll have my fantasy lineup set and, and all that kind of thing, and I'll be keeping an eye on uh, you know, what's, what's happening. And then that maybe, that, maybe that night, uh, I'll still have a Christmas movie on, but on the second TV, I'll, I'll have the games on. But where do you come out? I'm prioritizing NBA, NFL, all the college football going on all weekend. Yeah, NBA gets the priority. Just because that's the traditional thing, NBA Christmas is always fantastic. Now, Sometimes they're blowouts. Mavs got absolutely obliterated a few years ago uh, by, I believe, the Lakers. They're playing again this Christmas. It could be a disastrous game. Mavs not looking good. Lakers not looking good. But, you know, I'm not surprised by your answer. You're, I thought you were going to take it a different direction, though, because oh, you you're did. Mr. I don't like my food to touch. You, you, want, <laughs> you want to watch all NFL. Then when the NFL is over, then I'll transition into basketball. Whereas I, I, all the food's mixed up into a big bowl. I'm, I'm, I'm eating all of it. I'm watching all of it at the same time. So I'm probably going to have it all on with, it's probably 1A NBA, 1B NFL. That's fair. Now, just to clarify, I like my food to touch. So <laughs> you've put that on me. And, and one of my favorite fast food items that I, I may only get once a year is the KFC bowl, the oh, potato so bowl. Good. With so potato, good. corn, all of it mixed in. Oh, yeah. So I love That's my favorite kind of thing. So now when it comes to sports, like I've said over the years, <laughs> I love football season, and then I love basketball season. And, and basketball takes a backseat until football is over. Uh, but, yeah, but like I said, Christmas, it is sort of an NBA day. This is the one unique year where there will be NFL games. But you got the Packers, Dolphins, which maybe is interesting – uh, Broncos, Rams, absolutely not. And then Bucks at Cardinals, we'll see. We'll see. So that's what that's what we we've got in, in the in the NFL. So not so, like to me marquee must watch games. Which I will makes it say, easier for Christmas festivities. I will say my my concern as I think about it now, and this is this is a concern that is 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 recent in my life. And you know, once getting married, less things I can control. Growing up, <laughs> I know statement. I know what yeah, in many ways. I know what I know what TVs are gonna be on. I know where I'm gonna be for Christmas every year. I know which family members love to watch sports. Growing up, it's a guarantee NBA is gonna be on. If NFL's on, we're gonna watch NFL. It, sports is, is an expectation. This year, we're at Madeline's parents' house. Now, they enjoy sports. You know, her dad likes watching sports, diehard Aggie fans. But I'm not familiar enough with their Christmas setup mm. to really be able to set an expectation on are there going to be games on all day? 
am I going to have to, it's probably not going to be me. I'm going to be whispering or texting Madeline. Hey, get these games on. You got to get these games on. Ooh, yeah. So yeah. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm a little concerned. I, I'm not sure what the situation's going to be. I mean, I'm having, I haven't been married two years yet. So we're, we're still uh, coming up on two years. Uh, there's a lack of familiarity where I'm a, I'm a little, a little nervous about it. No, no clicker control for you. No, that, you're no. not in charge of the clicker. There's no, Ugh. there's no way. So you got to earn that right. Yeah. But good, good luck with that. That, that seems like a challenge. Ugh. So I at least I I at least have home field advantage and 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 so I'm a big mute guy. I don't mind having games on in the background. I don't have to. It's funny because I love broadcasters and I love listening to games. <laughs> True, but but I've accepted the fact that I may not always be able to listen and I can just watch in the background and I'm okay with that. So that's our approach. What what's what's yours this weekend? Do you do you care at all or you got too too many Christmas festivities going on and and just embracing those and. We'll circle back the, the following week. Then we get real, you know, the college football playoff, which will be fun Oof. for New Year's. Now, then you're fighting with New Year's. They got New oh. Year's plans. That's a whole nother topic, uh, which is which is crazy, too. But but let's get into what we're convinced of Christmas edition. And I, I say this every year. And so I'm going to start with it again. I'm convinced that Home Alone 2 is better than Home Alone 1. And it's what I'm most passionate about every year <laughs> because it's always such a it's such an intense conversation with a lot of people because people do feel strongly one way or the other. I, I've rarely met anyone that does not like home alone or home alone too. But for the most part, everybody I meet has a strong preference. Oh yeah, this one's better. I like both, but this one's better. And I am so adamant that home alone two is faster paced, more entertaining, uh, better one liners, uh, mm. Just the intensity, the whole scene you know, with the bad guys in the abandoned house is better than at the real house, uh, you know, the McAllister house in, in the first one. So anyway, that's my that's my what I'm convinced of. So we can go back and forth. You can respond to that or add your own convinced of. Hmm. So I'm not going to argue on it. I will ask, have you ever seen the rest of the Home Alones? So just, I, allegedly, not, there's apparently six of them. Yeah. I've dabbled, I I've dabbled, but, but I don't like to, that, that's a separate, they're, they're not a part of the Christmas, the first two. So yeah, I, so, I can't include them. So I'm not going to fight you on it. My soft take is they're both tremendous. And every year you got to watch both of them, regardless if you think that's one fair. or two is the best, you got to watch both, which leads me into what I'm convinced of today. And I realized this, this may be this may put me in hot water with some folks, but I think people need to come to this realization, and I think more people are. And I'm convinced that Elf, it's just it's losing its flair. Mm. Once once coined as the Christmas film of the century, oh, it is <laughs> by by many. I mean, it, it's a it's one of the greats. Uh, Will Ferrell's fan. I mean, everything about it is fantastic. However, it's losing its flair to me. It is, it is no longer a must-watch every year for me at Christmas. It's not in the rotation. And I will say this, Madeline, die-hard elf fan growing up. I mean, the New Year's party we met at, she was, I mean, she's known for just being able to quote minutes at a time, lines, word for word. There was a, a, a work um, talent show, and it was very low-key, but her thing was she, she did a three-minute monologue from the movie acting out both parts. I mean, <laughs> diehard elf fan. Her and her friends know so many of the lines. And I confirmed with her before the show, 
And she thinks, yeah, I don't think it's a must watch either. Because oh, people are asking, hey, have you watched wow. Elf yet? And her and I are thinking, I don't think we need to. We're not really in the mood. I, I think some people are starting to see this. It's, it's losing its magic. Well, is it because it's just so over the top and silly that once you've experienced it a certain amount of times, you're just like, yeah, I mean, it's funny, but it's just I've already laughed at this so many times. It's true. Versus... To me, which I'll talk about later as we reveal our top five movies, but I've been very adamant about this for a long time, even on other podcasts uh, throughout the year. <laughs> but Santa Claus is the best movie. And, and the reason that, like, I, I can't watch it enough. I don't get tired of it. It's because it's such a deep-rooted story that it fits into at least the, 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 the secular aspect of Christmas so well. Right, just with Santa and Tim Allen's like the perfect Santa Claus, and so it's not over the top. I mean, it's 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 magical from from that standpoint, but it's not over the top. I mean, Will Ferrell is over over the top. He's a grown man as an elf in New York City, mm-hmm. and so I understand what you're saying. Eventually, it sort of it just wears off on you. Like yeah, maybe okay. yeah, it's a funny concept, uh, but but do I have to to indulge in it every year? Eh, not so much. And I, I no. I'm I'm actually right there with you. Yeah, I love it. But I don't have to watch it every year. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's just kind of sad because for, for a while, and I, probably for most people still, you got to watch Elf every year. It's not if you watch Elf, it's when. But you may be right. Maybe the Napoleon Dynamite effect. It's just you've watched it so many times. It's just, ah, uh, does it hold up as much anymore? You almost have to get yourself amped up for it. Whereas Napoleon Dynamite, you watch that movie. I mean, it's an unbelievable experience. And now it's like, ah. Eh. I don't know. I don't uh, need to watch it again. Just we've never talked about this on or off air. Not a fan of Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> so that's a topic for another day. We'll have to unpack sometime <laughs> else, some some other time. Not a fan though. Never got into it. Didn't that's get surprising. it. Surprising. I feel Everybody like that's right it, up your alley. No, no, didn't didn't work for me. So that mm. might be surprising. But I'm I'm a huge Will Ferrell fan, and so I like no Elf, and, and I don't mind watching some of the clips, like the male. Uh, room scene is one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, so I can, what I do is I pull up on YouTube some of the fun scenes and even in different movies that, that like throughout the, the Christmas season, I can pull up and watch some of them I can watch with Maddie. And so it's fun. So that's, that's where yeah. Elf is at the moment. And I, th- I think big group setting, it still, it still holds up. But if, when, when Madeline and I are discussing sitting down a, on a weeknight after dinner, hey, what do we want to watch? Uh, we'd rather watch other things. Okay. Uh, and even recently over Thanksgiving, we started watching some Christmas movies and my mom was like, hey, let's turn Elf on. And I'm thinking, I'm not sure. We ended up watching Christmas with the Cranks. So it ended up being pleased. a great investment of time. But Elf, just not amped to watch it. I, yeah, good take. All right. So here's what else I'm convinced of that, that I mention every year is that I can't help but love the original Christmas songs that I fell in love with, you know, as a kid, that that's the one that I, I know the best. Hmm. And so the reason I say that is it's always cool that new artists come out with Christmas albums, right? And I'm always waiting for that next great Christmas song. However, I think it's really, really hard. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced that it's very hard to kind of infiltrate the classics, the traditional Christmas songs. And like for me, Neil Diamond's Santa Claus is coming to town is the best. (laughs) 
And so I'll hear other people sing it or whatever. And it's like, oh, that's nice. But for me, it's Neil Diamond. And, and so, you know, some of those, those classics, I don't even necessarily know all the artists of, of just the, the ones that come on the radio. And you're like, this is the best version of this song. Um, I will say, Brett Eldridge, Blue, Blue Christmas, I liked. I heard, I heard he, country singer. He did a pretty nice job. But mm-hmm. Elvis, Blue Christmas, is yeah. as, as good as it gets. Can't and, beat it. And so, and, and actually, that's Maddie's favorite because her favorite color is blue. So she doesn't <laughs> know what it really means, Blue Christmas. Panther's blue? That's right. That's right. So anyway, that, so that's something I'm convinced of. And then one other thing is, I, this hit me even worse this year, but I'm convinced online shopping is a game changer. It's a wonderful option. You order on Amazon. Uh, I actually ordered on Amazon yesterday. Got, got items right away. That same day. Same day shipping. Mm. Unbelievable. However, I have waited until the last minute for Christmas shopping. So I am mm. now scrambling across the board. <laughs> Whoever I need to get gifts for, I am scrambling. I've barely thought about it. And so that means things are out of stock. That means some things will not deliver on time. So if it's not Amazon Prime, forget about it. It's not coming on time. So what I remember, like my dad, he always would wait to the last minute. He would finish up work and and then he'd be off for Christmas and all that. But that was his time. All right, now I got to go shopping. So see a dad, he's going shopping. Well, he would just go to the mall or in person and you can get away with last minute shopping. Mm -hmm. But the last minute online shopper, not, it's you're you're up against it, and I oh, find yeah. myself in that boat, and I'm 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 scrambling. I'm in a I'm in a, a very challenging situation. Oh, I, I feel like you're speaking directly to me right now because I am. <laughs> you know, I, I heard one uh, one friend of mine defined procrastination as you know you're not a procrastinator, you're just motivated by time. I'm very <laughs> motivated by time. That's how I live my life. But for online shopping at holidays. I mean, I've had to be the guy to look someone in the eyes and say, hey, I'm sorry, your gift's not getting in until December 29th. I'm so oh. sorry. I'm so sorry, Mom. I didn't so think sorry, about sister. you until, yeah. I know, and it, it's just, it just leaves a, a sour taste in your mouth, and that person's looking at you thinking, that's how little you think of me? Come on. Gosh. You had months. I mean, my mom's got gifts under the tree at the end of October. I mean, she's way ahead of it. Yeah. So yeah, I got to make the shift to that. I mean, I've got one gift. I, I ordered a gift online for Madeline two weeks ago. And it, I mean, it's, it's going to be a photo finish. I, I got a, an update on the shipping yesterday saying shipping is delayed. Even if you order, order early enough, it's risky this time of year. There's a lot of hiccups. And, and I will say one more thing. It's so refreshing to people that still shop in person that don't online shop because they're very few. <laughs> but to to know people that actually go to a store, it just makes you feel good inside. That's how Madeline's <laughs> parents are. They'll drive it. They'll drive. They live in a small town. So they'll drive to the bigger town, probably 30, 45 minutes away. Do all their shopping there. I'm like, you know what? That's good. The good old days. <laughs> the good old days. It does seem, it seems too easy to do it online. You can get it done in 15 minutes. You haven't done, you haven't put enough effort and work into yeah. it. But, yeah. but when you're like when you're fighting the crowds and, and having to stand in line <laughs> and, and having to, you know, kind of decide in person. Yeah, there's something, there's something to be said about yeah. that. Now but. everyone's in their in their robes. They got donut crumbs on their chest. I mean, <laughs> ordering gifts. I mean, it's, Wait, were you watching me? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's about that's about it. That's right. So anyway, so that's that's what we're convinced of uh, this season. And I'm going to share one Christmas story and then. We're going to jump into this this week's unpack this topic 
somewhat Christmas related and sports related. But this year, we finally decided, Jody and I, my wife, we're going to put some Christmas lights up on the house. Normally, a little uh, front porch, little Christmas tree, very marginal. But hey, we made some effort, but nothing major. Over the years, we've done the, the lights in the windows and just a little bit of effort, but nothing major. This year, we were taking the step forward. We ordered the hanging lights, the dangly ones. From the you know, gutter the, on the from, house? In the front of, yeah, in the front of the house, okay. the, the icicles, the icicles. Oh, one, I right? love the icicles. So now my, my neighbor, loyal listener, his house is all decorated. It was at Thanksgiving. They were ready to roll. They've got stuff in the front, in the front yard. They've got lights on, the, on their uh, fence eagles green porch. go eagles colors big eagles fan he's it's all it looks great he's all over it and so we're trying to keep up with the joneses a little bit hmm. and and so we're like all right we're gonna put up some of these these nice little icicle lights so one sunday afternoon early in december uh i stepped away from the nfl i sacrificed for the family <laughs> and, and i put up the christmas lights okay hmm. and i did it they fit just right and what I used were these these little stick-on clips for the you know for the lights mm-hmm. to hang on. Oh yeah. So they're all up. Later that night, Jody goes, "Hey, it looks like part of the the, the lights fell a little bit." I go, oh, "Are you kidding me? Oh, maybe that was just the one that wasn't wasn't real sticky. Let, let me let me put that put that back up." So we fixed that one. Either I can't remember if I did or she did, but we fixed it a little bit. And then, all right, fine, we're good. Within a day or two, oh. the whole thing was done. Oh. It was all it was all down. <laughs> and so these little clips that we used, forget about it. And the funny thing was, when I was putting them up, my neighbor came over. He's like, "Oh yeah, those will those will those will work great." And I'm thinking, he's laughing to himself. I'm up there struggling. He's got his all nailed up, and he's Clark Griswold. He's got it all <laughs> figured out. And I'm over here struggling. Like, oh, I don't even know what I'm doing, but I'm going to use these little sticky things, and this oh. will work great. Two days later, they're done, and guess what? We've got nothing. Oh, you d- we're, we're 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 toward the we're one week away from Christmas. No. We've got no lights. We gave up. Maybe next year. You got time? No, we're done. We, we're done. I made I sacrificed the time already. That was for this year. We have no lights on the front. You got to settle up. for uh. You get the little machine that does the strobe lights onto the house. That's right. the ultimate lazy play. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm. I'm I'm hesitant to criticize our listeners because I'm sure some people have certain things, you know, the, the blow up things, you know, the big Santa Claus. I'm a fan of the blow up things. You are okay. I'm a fan. My neighbor, so I'll I'll, I'll hold my criticism there. <laughs> but um, but the strobe lights, come on, that's way too easy. That's way too easy. Oh, we got lights on our house. No, you don't. Yeah. No, you don't. I did see. I will say, I saw Shark Tank. They do their Christmas edition, mm-hmm. and someone pitched a garage door Christmas cover. I love it. I'm in. Wow. I don't know if I'm willing to spend, I think it was like over a hundred dollars. I don't know if I'm willing to spend that, but the concept of it, I really liked it slides on the garage door. And so all Christmas long, you got this, you know, you're decorating your garage. Normally it's just a, a white garage. That's smart. So it's I like a tiger it. cover on a Jeep, except for the yeah. garage. Pretty cool. That's genius. Yes. I, genius. I thought, I, I thought they were on to something. Mark Cuban, your boy gave oh, him a yeah. deal. Oh, he just yeah. wants to get Mavs ones. So you're going to have to get a Mavs for your, for your uh, door one day. Oh, that'd be cool. So there you go. That'd be cool. All right. 
Well, let's uh, we'll 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 get somewhat serious here for a moment as as we jump into our unpack this topic. And for for you that are loyal listeners, you know, each week we take sports topics parallel to the Bible related to our own lives. And and so today I want to talk about quarterbacks and you know, we know they're the most important position on the field. And, you know, we focus a lot on their tangible skills, arm strength, athleticism, size, that sort of thing. But really, it's all about the intangibles. And there are a number of intangibles. But today, I want to talk about the, the importance that, that of quarterbacks having a strong pocket awareness. So when they're standing back in the pocket, they have to have an awareness and in many ways, it's like that sixth sense where mm-hmm. they just have to sort of know, uh, you know, that, that keen sense of what's going on around them, who is near them. They, they, they have to know when the defense is closing in, where their teammates are. They have to perceive, you know, where they need to move within the pocket and, and then understand, you know, what's the best thing to do during, during the play. And, and so they have to really consistently keep their head on a swivel and remain alert and that's what arguably makes the quarterback the most difficult position in sports is the pocket awareness required do you break the pocket too quickly do you stand in the pocket too long i mean it's quarterbacks already more difficult being able to throw in the tight windows but being able to know how much time i have in the pocket so difficult oh it really is. And so, the, the, you know, QB's job, they have to sense the pressure from the defense and then make adjustments. They have to know when to step into the pocket, when to remain there, and then also realize when he's drifting too far away from his protection. And so you want to stay you know, within your offensive line and, and so that they can protect you. And so, you know, the, the quarterbacks that have this kind of pocket awareness, they're the most effective for their team. And so in our own lives, as, as we continue into – the Christmas season, I want to challenge us to have a strong pocket awareness when it comes to having a keen sense of who is near us and what is going on around us. Just like a quarterback who knows what's going on around them. Do we know what's going on around us? And so for us, it's intentionally knowing where our teammates, whether it's friends, family, coworkers, where they are. No, no, not, not just geographically, but emotionally and spiritually. Where are they at? Well, it takes this, this type of pocket awareness where you know, we can ask God to give us discernment about the best ways to help, encourage, support, and serve the people around us. Because we're going to have Christmas activities. We're going to see family members. We're going to interact with friends. We're going to you know, say hello to neighbors, all those kinds of things. And, and will we be aware enough and ask God to open our eyes to, to see what, what is really going on with people? Will we ask you know, the questions? Will we actually care enough to get into you know, maybe a deeper conversation or sense like, ah, I don't know, uh, things don't seem right maybe between this couple or ah, that, that, that cousin or that nephew Something seems off this year. What's, what's really going on? Or, um, you know, just being alert, being alert, whatever that, that, that may be, and figuring out, okay, should I step up into the pocket right now, so to speak? Um, or should I back off? Maybe, maybe, it's, maybe I got to step out of the pocket. And so having that, that type of awareness, that, that pocket awareness. 
Um, another way that this plays out is we have to have pocket awareness about making the right decisions in, in life, and, and especially this time of year, making any adjustments that are needed as we head into the new year, as we desire to move toward God and, and do what's best. Are we aware of the ways that God is leading and guiding us and, and, and you know, convicting us of, of some of the changes that, that need to be made in our lives? And, and so a prayer that we can pray in, in Philippians 1, 9 through 11, Paul, Paul prays, uh, and this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. And, and so it's praying for that, that, that discernment, um, to, to know what's best, to know God's best, and to know him more and to understand his love more and knowledge of him more, which then allows us to, to live the type of life uh, that, we, that we're capable of in Christ. Um, and so pocket awareness also uh, plays into the, the factor of just like a quarterback has to sense the pressure that's coming in. You know, we have to sense the pressure that we're feeling, and especially this time of, time of year, like we were talking about with shopping, you feel that pressure and, and, and stress and anxiety of, of year end. And I feel it with the ministry and, and raising money. And am I going to trust God or allow the pressure to cave in on me and, and take me down? And so I have to be aware of that. And, and, and then we have to realize, wait, am I drifting too far away from the pocket, meaning trusting God? And, and, and if that's the case, then I need to step into the pocket of his peace and strength. And so we find our peace and strength in him, in the pocket with him. Um, and so oftentimes, yeah, we, we step away, we step away from trusting him. And then we're sort of, we're not near that, 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 that protection, so to speak, uh, like a quarterback. Um, and so Psalm 91, uh, one and two says, those who live in the shelter of the most high will find rest in the shadow of the almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. And so are we declaring that this time of year? Whatever the pressure, worry, anxiety that, that, that's, that's there, it's creeping in, it's caving in, it's coming around us. Are we aware of it? Whoa, whoa, whoa. all right, it's coming in, it's coming in. All right, I got to rest in the Lord. I got to find, he's my shelter. He's my protection. He's my refuge. Um, and I trust him. And do we really trust him in all those situations that, that we face? Um, more importantly than some of the things we're facing beyond just making sure we buy a silly gift for somebody, right? Um, there are real pressures that we're feeling this time of year. There's no question about it. Um, and then lastly, here's the most important thing. that I, All of this is important. What I'm most passionate about this time of year in particular um, is the pocket awareness that we have. Is it leading us to sense God's presence, knowing that he is with us. And so you'll hear this verse this time of year, Matthew 1, 23, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so is that something that we are aware of, that God is with us, that his presence is, is all around us, that his presence is in us, and, and are we aware? And so as we celebrate Jesus this Christmas season and acknowledge God's presence in and around us, 
Let's make sure that we have the pocket awareness to truly take notice of him, to take notice of him in everything that we, that we do, even in the Christmas movies that we watch, the Christmas songs that we listen to. Of course, when we go to church, uh, of course, when we're with our family and, and, and friends and we're celebrating, are we aware of what he's doing and how he's leading us and how he's prompting us? And, and, and are we aware that, that his presence is in us so that we tap into, uh, into it, into him, and peace is coming out. The fruit of the Spirit is coming out. Joy, peace. That's coming from his presence. And, and also, the reason this time of year is so awesome, it's because it's all about him. And people can try to fight against it and make it about everything else, but it's about him. And so we know that I, he's, he's in all of this, and, and he's revealing himself. And so we've got to remain alert with our head on a swivel looking for him and being aware of the ways he's revealing himself in so many unique ways. Like I said, in even Christmas movies, he can reveal himself to us and reveal truth to us and remind us of things or convict us of things in, in these conversations that we have with people, even as we're, we're shopping. And if anybody does go out in real, real life and, and shop, the opportunities to, to find opportunities to be a light to bring joy and peace to people, uh, to, to, again, keep our head on a swivel to see opportunities uh, for, for God revealing himself or ways that God can use us this time of year, uh, all year round, but, but heightened right now. Uh, they're just, a, they're, in many ways, there's just more opportunities because this is such a holy time of year. And it's funny, people, people give you know, a hard time sometimes, say Merry Christmas instead of Happy Holidays. Well, there's a holy day, holiday, holy day. This is a holy season. So people can try to pretend like it's not, this is a holy season. So uh, God's in it. God's, God's everywhere. He's moving. His presence is in us and, and around us. So let's have the pocket awareness to, uh, to acknowledge, embrace, and, and soak in all that, that he's doing um, right now. So that's my encouragement. I love this time of year. I love the, the way the ways that, that God uses this time to reveal himself to people, to show people his love, uh, to experience his peace and joy. Um, so it's, it's awesome. All right, Luke, I went, I went long, but I'm, I'm passionate <laughs> about all this. It's, it's worth talking about for a long time because Emmanuel, God with us, is we could never have enough gratitude for it. To, to think that, God assumed flesh and stepped into this world. God with us, the the humility to do that, the love for us to step into the world, to be the Savior that we need. I mean, mm. everything about Emmanuel, God with us, is awe-inspiring. It should make us drop to our knees. It should make us rejoice. We should be filled with gratitude. And it's just it's just unbelievable to think about that is the reality that Jesus is God, fully God, fully man, and is God with us, and that it was prophesied hundreds of years prior that God always had a plan to do this, and that's just absolutely incredible. And gratitude should be one of the uh, common things in our minds and in our hearts this time of year. And thinking about pocket awareness. I don't know why I started thinking about Tim Tebow, but you know that's my guy right there. I grew up, I grew up kind of a Florida fan because I was born in Florida, and so I loved watching Tim Tebow. 
But I remember when he got to the NFL, a lot of scouts and just TV heads were saying, you know, his his arm is too low. On, on, on his throwing motion, he brings back the ball too low. And in the pocket, uh, defensive linemen and defensive ends are going to swipe at the ball and he's going to fumble all the time. So I think this time of year, you know, as we enter into another year, it's important to have awareness of how are we operating? What a, how, what's our throwing motion? Are we aware of our shortcomings, things we need to improve on? Are we aware of things to celebrate? So just that Tebow had to raise his, had to change his throwing motion so he wouldn't fumble in the pocket. And he had to have that, that awareness of how he was previously operating in the pocket. And I just think as, as we launch into the new year, you know, goals as a couple for Madeline and me, goals uh, as a man going into the new year, uh, not just for the sake of, of flimsy goals that are just going to last for two weeks, but, you know, what am I proud of about this year? What, what do I need to be aware of, things to celebrate that God's really done in my life that I've been That's praying right. for? We often pray for things, but when God answers them, do we actually thank Him for it? And also, what are things that I need to continue asking God for? God, I need your grace to continue uh, to improve in this area. And then also, God, give me awareness. Give me pocket awareness on things I need to improve on. So that's kind of what I'm thinking about uh, this time of year is, uh, what about my throwing motion that needs to be changed? Is my arm angle far too low? Uh, if you're Tim Tebow, uh, it was far too low. But <laughs> neither here nor there. No, that's that, that's good stuff. Um, so yeah, I just I, I think it's it's great to uh, to be intentional about our our mindset and approach to each thing that we're doing always. But this time of year, tonight I'm going to a Christmas parade. To not just go to a Christmas parade. Oh, all right. What's the next thing? I gotta. All right. Let me let me be aware. What, what's God doing in in and around me? And, and being, you know, sometimes still enough or quiet enough to, mm-hmm. to hear his voice and sense his promptings. And, and, and so that's that, that, that pocket awareness. Um, so I think that's – go ahead. No, I was, I was just going to say the other thing. People are, are hurting. People that you wouldn't even expect or normally think are struggling, are struggling mm-hmm. inside, emotionally, mentally, sometimes financially, all these things – and and we it, it takes a sense it takes some awareness and intentionality and discernment and, and trusting God to show you hey I need you to step into this I need you to, to to say an encouraging word or I need you to listen to this person and we have to be willing to to do that and I know it's a busy time of year and it's like ah I just got to get on to the next Christmas party what if we actually paused and embraced each mm-hmm. conversation and each interaction a little bit more so that's that's what yeah. I'm passionate about. Well, I want to comment on both of those because those are really good reminders. The first one is, yeah, when we show up to just the normal Christmas rhythms and routines that we've grown to expect every year, yeah, let's pause and do it intentionally. Let's not just put up the Christmas tree and hang out the Advent calendar, but let's really be, and I'm speaking to myself here because I've not done a good job at it this year. I mean, we have an Advent calendar up, but I've not been intentional about it. I'm just kind of going through the motions, but... Let's not waste this time of year that, as we've been talking about, should produce so much gratitude. Let's go to these routine Christmas things with the eternal perspective of why are we even doing these things? Mm. Let's not just waste the holidays. Yeah, they're fun. Gift giving is so great, but let's intentionally do it to the glory of God 
And let's not miss out on what God's going to do on our own hearts as he stirs our affections for him through these normal routine Christmas Christmas rhythms. Because it's sad, and it would be sad if it just becomes meaningless cultural holidays. That's right. That's, that's just a really sad thing, and noticing in the areas in my life where it's become that, I don't want that. I want to push back against that. And then in thinking of the uh, the people that are hurting, I mean, that's so true. I mean, Christmas, holidays, especially Christmas, for some people, for many people, it produces tons of excitement and so much rejoicing, the best time of the year. For other people, tremendous sadness, mm. tremendous stress. I mean, I think of the first couple of Christmases after my dad died. I mean, think of how hard it was on my mom. Mm. The last thing she wanted to do was celebrate Christmas because all you could think— for anyone who's lost a loved one recently, all you can think about is who's not here. So we ought to think about those people who are, you know, a, a holiday that causes people to rejoice and be really excited. For other people, it's just excruciating. How can I just get through this? So that's a really good reminder, too. Yeah, gosh, absolutely. And I, I said something that's uh, worth maybe unpacking or thinking about a little bit more, too. Like, it, it, Christmas is very commercialized and secular in a lot of ways. And, and I think people miss out on enjoying the spiritual aspect of it and, and actually being aware of what it really means and, and, and God moving. Um, and so I think there's that element, but I, but like I was saying, I also think God works even in the midst of that and that Mm -hmm. things that we view as secular, he can, he's bigger than that. And, and it's basically what our whole approach is with our ministry. Sports is just a secular thing. It's just sports. Like, it's not an eternal thing. But we see God use sports to bring truth to, to, to light. And so we use sports as parallels and opportunities to then have conversations about his truth and his word and living for him and with him and the life that he calls us into. And so sports are just sports. And so all these elements of Christmas. Yeah. It's just a stupid Christmas movie. It's just a stupid Christmas song. It's just a Christmas tree and all these things on face value. Yeah. They they don't mean anything, but God can use them to reveal himself to, to show us truth. Um, I I was reading a book to Maddie about the candy cane. There's a, there's a whole spiritual biblical, and I think it's true of why the candy cane was made, but Mm -hmm. the parallels to why there's red for for Jesus's blood and why there's white for we're made white as snow, you know, all those kind of things. It's like, yeah. wait, it's just a candy cane. No, no, no. There's spiritual truth here if we look for it and and yep. find it and and talk about it and see it. And um, so that's well, uh, this is actually I love that you brought this up. So I'm reading a book right now called Saturate by Jeff Vanderstelt, and the subtitle is being disciples, essentially being how we should be disciples. Uh, of Jesus and the everyday stuff of life. And I was literally reading last night uh, before going to bed how we often make this distinction between sacred and secular, which in some senses is good. You know, we want to know, okay, what are the things of the world? What are the things of God? That's right. However, oftentimes it causes us to incorrectly think that God doesn't, he's not involved in the everyday things of our life. God will, he does, and we can expect him to work in the everyday rhythms of our life. Not that we have to, oh, that's sinful, that's, that's a thing of God. No, not that, but 
we should be looking for God in these these Christmas rhythms, in the everyday things of our life, and not make this huge sacred secular cutoff, um, but really embrace God. Hey, God's a part. God can really work through sports, and he has. God's going to work through this Hallmark movie, Marathon, I'm watching with my family, or, uh, I mean, anything. So we should be expecting God to show up in these, you know, what we'd call secular rhythms. Mm. Yeah. No, that's it. It does take some some intentionality, though, though for sure, um, for us to really maximize that, mm-hmm. to where we don't, yeah, stay on the surface level of things, um, to go to go a little bit deeper. So, uh, yeah, it's a great great conversation. Uh, appreciate your thoughts, Luke, and uh, I'd, I'd love to hear from from the listeners as well. Uh, your thoughts on on some of these these topics and and how pocket awareness uh, resonates in, in your own lives. So, uh, always appreciate your comments and and emails, Bryce at unpacking it. Dot com. All right, so uh, I, I'll share one thing real quickly, and then we'll we'll talk Christmas cards and and wrap up the show today. But I, I mentioned reading the candy cane story, so I love reading Christmas books to Maddie, my three year old. I read to her most nights. Uh, we read multiple books every night. Uh, wow. I got caught. I, I read one last night. It was way too long and not very good. A <laughs> Berenstein Bears book, not so much. Ooh. But um, but for the most part, I'm reading some really cool books. Uh, one about the the donkey that that carried Mary. Have you ever thought about the donkey that carried Mary? What's the perspective of him? Kind of cool. <laughs> um, and then another one about three trees, the the tree that became the manger, the tree that became the cross, and the tree that uh, oh, I can't remember what the third tree was. Anyway, those two trees and then one other one. I, I can't think of what the other. <laughs> that it. poor tree. Remember. He was about to get a shout out. Oh, I can't remember what it was. But but it was a, it's a cool story. But what's fascinating is I'm reading children's books about the actual you know, story from, from the Bible of Jesus and his birth and all the, the elements that led to it. You know, the shepherds and the wise men and, and all these kinds of things. But what's so funny is when you're reading these children's books, the choice that the author makes on what elements make the story and what don't and how they, you know, simplify and, you know, try to explain to a young kid is fascinating to me. Hmm. It's been, in, in one ways, it's cool because I'm, I'm re-imagining, not re-imagining, I guess reimagining or re-experiencing the Christmas story, the Jesus story of birth uh, through the lens of a three-year-old and, and all that. Yeah, but but Luke, the idea that in a book they're going to try to explain that that Mary was a virgin, which is a key, like this is a very important part of the story because it shows, you know, and death. it's of massive theological importance. Yes. No question, no question, <laughs> absolutely. But for a three-year-old to try to, to like, how do you even explain that? And even as we're singing the one song about, you know, the ver- you're always ra- round yon version, all that. It's, it's, so it's just as a dad, I'm, I'm in over my head a little bit. So I'm, I'm open <laughs> to any suggestions on this for sure. Um, but also it's funny because some of the stories, they'll just say that they're married and they weren't married. And like, that's a key part of this story too. Oof. And so they'll kind of, now all of a sudden we're jumping in that we, we clean up the story, so to speak. But that's not what the story is. And so yeah. you're trying to simplify it for a kid. And it's like, does it matter to a kid? No. But for me, I get bothered by some of these things. Yeah. Um, and then another story we're reading, it's all about the Christmas pageant, which, and, and it's just like, oh, it's the baby. 
well, it's the baby Jesus. So, like, I have to add words sometimes to actually, hey, listen, this is what this is actually about. So it's just funny. Yeah. Some books, they they actually take Jesus out of it. It's about we're selling, we're doing a pageant about this little baby. It's like, what are we? What are you talking about? This is the Savior, <laughs> the King of the world. I want Maddie to know that. Yeah. So, well, have you? That's uh, what I'm up against, Luke. Have you have you come up in, against accidentally reading Maddie uh, a, a horror book about you know? Uh, Mary and Joseph fleeing for their lives yeah. and trying not to have their baby killed by Herod <laughs> that talk about, talk, I have to actually skip over that. Cause that, that, that's not <laughs> at this stage as a three-year-old, not important to the story, <laughs> but, but there are, there are children's books that include that. And I'm thinking, what are we doing here? <laughs> Come on. So it's, it's just, it's crazy and fascinating yeah. the choices that they make. And then the choices that I'm forced to make as a dad, what I yeah. communicate, what I don't, but I just keep, yeah, keep telling her about Jesus. That's, yeah, that's the if, point. If you go the king, if you go the Herod route, you got to almost finish off with a, uh, a night with Curious George to to put their minds at ease, <laughs> or they're not going to sleep. No, it's 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 craziness. So that's been my uh, my Christmas season uh, with the with that's the books. That's crazy. Some were saying Mary and Joseph were married. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I mean the problem is if you grow up believing that, and then you hear it Sunday school. Yeah, they were engaged. They weren't married. Wait, what? What are you talking about? Or they're telling everyone at school that, yeah, interesting. So uh, that is a challenge. I haven't even considered that. Yeah, I mean, because again, these are the way they're talked about is, oh, yeah, the baby Jesus in the manger, every little Christmas play has it. Uh, kids are in these plays, but do they really know what's going on? Yeah. Could they explain? I mean, many adults don't know what's going on either, but. There's a lot of details here that are important to the story that uh, it's, it's 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 interesting to get into. That's right. No, it is. Oh, the third tree is the boat that Jesus was on when he calmed the storm. Oh, that's the that's the other the okay. other tree that became that boat. But it's a really good story. So that's for cool the, for the parents out there. Huh. Uh, I really like that story. It's called the Tale of Three Trees. Who's uh, it it's by? An old, older book. Um, Angela Hunt. Hmm. So, yeah, check That's that one cool. out. I highly, highly recommend that one. Uh, but there are a number of – actually, I, I've read some really cool – like there's one about Santa telling the actual Christmas story, the Jesus story. Um, so that's kind of a, that's kind of a, a unique spin on that huh. uh, where he tells the animals in the forest the, the truth. Um, it's, not about, <laughs> it's not about me kind of thing. Well, not the truth of Santa's, Santa's not real, but the truth <laughs> of Jesus. So, so that's a fun one. Um, oh. So, yeah. It's, it's fun. All right, let's, uh, let's get to this topic because this is, uh, I don't know, this is something interesting to me. So over the last, you know, since I got married, we've been sending Christmas cards. And, you know, started off with just Jody and I. Now we have two daughters. And so we send a, a lot of Christmas cards out there. Um, you know, a lot of friends and supporters of unpacking it. And, and so we, we send them out and enjoy doing it. What I've realized, though, there is a lot of psychology, a lot of, sociology a lot of just layers to what go into the giving and receiving of christmas cards and yesterday i caught myself because i'm opening christmas cards and it's it's so fun i love seeing who's gonna send who's not gonna send and and then you open it up but what do you do you judge everyone you (laughs) judge you can't help yourself but as soon as you open it up you judge and you go 
Oh, that's cute. That's not cute. Why did they why did they choose this picture? Oh, wow. I can't believe that guy. He's really lost a lot of weight. Oh, wow. <laughs> he's put on a lot of weight this year. I mean, you just go through all that. And then it's it's hilarious to me too. I'll get some where it's from, you know, maybe an older you know, like the grandparents, but they only send a picture of their grandkids. So they're not even in the picture. <laughs> yeah. So so at what point do you say I'm going to say Christmas cards not of me? No longer of, of me and who it's actually from. So that's fascinating to me. But I'll pause there let you respond before I share a few other thoughts. Well, there's, there's one card that's rightfully reserved for judgment, and it's you open up the envelope, and it's the family that sends a New Year's card. <laughs> get out of here with the New Year's card. I don't want to get a Happy New Year card December 16th. No, send uh, a Christmas card. Don't send me a Thanksgiving card. Uh, Not funny. a New Year's card. No, no. It's, it's Christmas card season. But no, it's... It's it's fascinating, you know. I, I'm I as a kid, I loved getting Christmas cards. We had this whole door, this closet door in our house growing up. There was reserved for all the Christmas cards. Uh, I was always fascinated with the cards that it was not one picture, but like twelve pictures of their whole year. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder if we opted for that. Um, taking Christmas card photos was always a nightmare for me. I hated it. I always thought I looked horrible wearing a turtleneck or some outfit. I. <laughs> Never wore ever in my life, except for the Christmas card that we send to everyone. Hey, this is who this is. This is me. This is who I am. Uh, Except I never look like this on any other day of the year. Uh, So that was never fun. But you know, Christmas cards are. uh, I don't know if if if, what you had next for this discussion, but the biggest difficulty for Madeline and I right now is figuring out who to send it to, and I was trying to think of. Is it more difficult to choose who's getting a wedding invitation or who's getting a Christmas card? Because you talk about the psychology and the sociology, it's interesting. I'm thinking, do my single guy friends want a card from me? I don't know. (laughs) So I I think we made a rule. There may have been a few exceptions, but our rule was if you're outside of like family and stuff, if you're not married, you're not getting a card. I like... Maybe some of Madeline's friends, but none of my, I don't think we sent one to any of my single guy friends. I I don't think they would care. I I think it's fair. I I guess the other side of it is that's kind of sad too for those guys. But if they're, but are they wanting Christmas cards? I'm trying to think if if I was, if if they're young, if they're young, yeah, if they're young, that's fine. But some people are single and older and no question, no question, but. 25-year-old single guy, do you think he's collecting Christmas cards? I don't know. Because he's not sending them either. No. Oh, and, yeah. And yeah. so here's the other big question. Do you take someone off the list if they don't send you one? That's always the debate every year. It's like, man, I've been sending this person for three years. They never send us one. So do they just not send Christmas cards? And so does that justify taking them off the list? Or are they sending a message saying, hey, man, don't send me a Christmas card. I'm not sending you one. And does that message actually mean I'm not real interested in being friends anymore either? So that, that's the <laughs> psychology of all this that you, you okay. hate to draw conclusions, but you also want to have a little pocket awareness to, to realize, <laughs> all right, maybe this guy doesn't want to be my friend anymore. Okay, so another layer to this. My perspective, if someone doesn't send us one, it's a breath of fresh air. If, it, if, it's a, if it's someone on the margins, if it's a close friend, hey, okay, That's what the true. heck, where's the card? If it's someone on the margins, it's a breath of fresh air because, okay, now we don't have to send them one. 
Because we can talk yourselves in all day to, ah, oh, we probably should send them one. They sent us one. We never really talk. Because it's, it's starting to become difficult. Because once you send someone a card, I wonder your thoughts on this. You've been married 10 years now? Nine years? Oh, nine years. Sorry. Nine years. So I'm sure you had to deal with this. But if you send someone a card, you're locked in. How do you how do you then not send one the next year? That's you a have good to, point. you have to be careful. So if someone doesn't send you one, they've done the hard work for you. Okay, they're off the list because it it, it could add up forever and ever because the wedding list is big, but the Christmas card list keeps growing. But if you send someone a Christmas card, you're locked in. I don't know how you get around that. And then you almost have a Christmas card relationship potentially. Oof. That's hard to break. Yeah, that's 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 the case as well. I would say, though, the wedding list was way easier than, I mean, honestly, our approach is we send everybody and we invited everybody to the wedding. Yeah. So I, you know, not everybody's able to do that or whatever, but we were able to do that. So um, I thank Jody's parents for that. But um, we didn't have to really cut people. But I would say if I did have to cut people, I think, I think the wedding, you know who you want at your wedding. I, like, yeah. Versus the Christmas card, I think there's way more gray area because you could, hey, I know this person, but Jody doesn't know this person. Mm. And uh, do we send it? Would it be weird if we sent it to them? They don't really know. They don't know me from a family standpoint. They only know me on a work standpoint. Have we crossed over to that personal side? Now I'm sending a personal Christmas card. That's that's where it gets funny. Um, yeah. And actually, this happened to me. One, one of our loyal listeners who I've become friends with, um, sent him a, a Christmas card this year. You know him as well, Luke. And uh, he sends me a text yesterday and says, my wife, my wife called, me, called me in and says, hey, some random couple <laughs> sent us a Christmas card. Come look at this. Hey, they, do have, they do have cute daughters, but who in the world is this? And so he had a letter. Hey, that's, that's my guy, Bryce. What are we doing here? <laughs> And so, so I'm, I'm sending some of those, those random ones. Whereas I think a wedding, it's very, like, it's pretty clear unless yeah. you're inviting coworkers sometimes maybe, um, or business associates that you're just, they're just in your life at the moment, but maybe not long-term. Um, yeah, which I guess is the case for Christmas cards too. So it's a good question. I, I guess to figure for out. us, wedding was hard because I mean, we've got, parents telling us hey this is who i want at the wedding or like my mom came came through and said hey uh these three couples i want you to send them a christmas card I'm like, what are you talking about no get out of here so get out of here mom i love you that's what i meant to say. Um, <laughs> that's right but so it's it's i think the only hard part with christmas cards is i don't think madeline and i realized how quickly the numbers are going to add up like i think this year we did we ordered 50 and even that was like, oh my gosh. I mean, there's always going to be a cutoff eventually, but we're not even to year two of marriage yet, and it's already at fifty. It's oof. So we're gonna we're we're all. That's why we had to do the if you're if you're one of my buddies who's single, you're off. Sorry, you're off the list this year. Yeah, but uh, no, it's, it's, that's a big challenge. But I, I'm just going to encourage everybody, starting with myself, try to look at these without judging. Try to look at the pictures without judging because I even looked at, so the one that we sent from my, my immediate family. And then also my mom and dad sent one from the whole Johnson family. And I'm judging that one too. 
And I'm looking at one, and I'm going, man, I look fat in that picture. And then the other one, I go, I'm looking skinny in that picture. The picture's from the same day. So, so I'm judging before and myself. after Thanksgiving meal. Yeah, that's well, that's probably true too. But uh, but it's just kind of it's funny. And actually, Saturday Saturday Night Live did a a skit on this. I can't recommend it because it's it's kind of inappropriate. But the the theme of what they were trying to accomplish is really funny hmm. because just the, what the dynamic that goes into looking at Christmas cards, receiving them. Oh, I, am I going to get it from this person? Why did they send me one? Why didn't they send me one? It's a funny thing. We're funny people. We're funny people. Yeah. And, it, and it shines through through Christmas cards of all things. So last question here. This is something that Madeline and I have had to think through. Is it, are you, are you disrespected if someone hands you their Christmas card rather than mailing it to you? Now, is that some, am I overthinking that? Because there's people, I mean, at our church, do we just hand them or is there something part of the Christmas card shenanigans? You've just got to put it in the mail. Even if they live two minutes away. If you haven't put a stamp on it, forget about it. You get out of here with that. <laughs> you better put a stamp on that. I want a Christmas card with a stamp on it. With yeah. my name written out with handwriting. No, I'm kidding. Oh, you're Mr. I, label guy. I'm, I'm kidding. Oh, come I'm totally on. Get kidding. out of here. Totally kidding. <laughs> if you're not doing a label, you're just wasting time at this point. I know. We're time wasters over here in the Heaton household. Oh, my goodness. You're oh. writing out every address. I mean, oh, it took yeah. us, honestly, it took us so long. We watched Christmas with the Cranks. We watched another movie. We went through two or three movies <laughs> doing all of our Christmas cards. And we, we put, you know, the sticker for the address, the return address, and the stamp. And it's, it's stuff in the envelopes. Jody did that. But it took forever. So You're I can't counting down the days until Michaela and Maddie are able to do that for oh, you. Oh, yeah, we'll have a whole assembly line. <laughs> we'll be high efficiency on that one. Yeah. But I am going to start doing this in November. We waited way too late this year. Mm. It's got to happen earlier. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right, man. Well, it has been a fun show. We have, we've actually only scratched the surface on what we wanted to talk about. We did more prep for this show than all of our shows <laughs> all year long. Um, and we're just two big Christmas guys. We're Christmas guys. So, all right, we'll end with this. Our top three Christmas movies year in year out for me. Number one is Santa Claus. Number two is Home Alone. I'm going to go number three this year, Christmas Vacation. Luke, what are your three favorite Christmas movies? So uh, I'm going to start narrow. I'm going to start vague. Anything Hallmark. (laughs) That's Uh, your number one? (laughs) Yes. So because there's variety, anything Hallmark, I could sit down and watch Hallmark movies all day long. I mean, I was indoctrinated with that with my mom and sister growing up. Number two, Polar Express. Oh, so good. The soundtrack, Josh Groban, Polar Express it. gets unbelievable amounts of hate for no reason and drives me bonkers. Polar Express deserves to be in the Hall of Fame of Christmas movies. It's so good. And then number we watch three. It every year. We love it. Okay. Uh, Jody loves it. That's her favorite. So I, I'm going to let her keep that in her top three. But but yeah, we watch every year. So number three is difficult, my, but I'm going to go with a combo. It's the stop motion Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer Stop in the it. year without a Santa Claus. Stop it. Because I've got to shout out my boy, Yukon Cornelius. Looking uh, for silver and gold. Uh, I can't get enough of those movies. I realize that that may seem outrageous to some of the people listening or watching right now. But every year. I, I get To me, it's that it just makes me feel like a kid again. And that moment, the older I get, is more precious to me. So those That's movies... Funny. 
oh, I just they just emote this. Like you said, with the original versions of songs, I think what makes those special is because they emote this feeling of being a kid again. And those stop motion movies do it for me. I love it. That's cool. I don't love those movies, but I love your connection <laughs> to them. That's cool. I respect it. I like it. All right, man. Well, uh, fun show, fun year here at Unpacking It. Thanks, everybody, for listening, supporting. Uh, man, we appreciate if you rate, review, share. Uh, let us know some feedback for next year as we make adjustments to the show. Uh, encourage everyone to have that pocket awareness. Be aware of what God's doing in us and through us. And remember, God is with us. Remember, his presence is right here in us. So let's tap into that. Uh, and so I encourage you to do so. And and it's an encouragement to myself as well. So thank you so much for listening. For Luke, I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan. I'm a Christmas fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Check out sugarcreek.com. Use the promo code UNPACK. Have a wonderful Christmas. Happy New Year. We'll talk to you in 2023. Thanks so much. It's Bryce Johnson, the Unpacking It podcast, presented by MetaShare. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.